Hey everybody, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of extraterrestrials life forms. Extraterrestrial life forms. It's actually a pretty fun podcast, wouldn't you agree, Rosie? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of laughing that goes on here, and uh, but we do have a point that we'd like to make on it, and so uh, we just want everyone to uh, enjoy it. Yeah. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm joining the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? And our good friends, our live audience. What's up, live audience? Hello. <laughs> we say live audience, it's of two. two. It's still an audience. It's an audience. Two people are in an audience. Um, you can have an audience of one. We, 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 yeah, we should all have an audience of one. God. Oh, Jesus. Can yeah. I get an amen? <laughs> he always watches you. He does. He's always. Always. He never sleeps. It's like Santa. He always watches you. He never sleeps. He keeps a record of who's naughty. He's like, oh, my goodness. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways. Hey, uh. What do you know, man? Oh, hey. Did you know that in, uh, when was this, 2005? Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty in 2005, the cardboard box was uh, inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. <laughs> the cardboard box? The cardboard box? Yeah. Is, is that... the car- I'll read it real quick. Yeah. Cardboard box. I'm at the Toy Hall of Fame.org. Okay. Cardboard box inducted 2005. So there's a lot of, did you know? There's <laughs> that must some have good... been a rough year for toys if the cardboard yeah, box is winning. There's uh, some more did you knows in here. Okay. The Chinese invented cardboard in the 1600s. 16? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. There you go. The English played off that invention and created the first commercial cardboard box in 1817. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the reasoning. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Over the years, children sense the possibilities inherent in cardboard boxes, recycling them into innumerable playthings. Yeah. The strength, lightweight, and easy availability that make cardboard boxes successful with industry had made them endlessly adaptable by children for creative play. Dude, that's awesome. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we used to play with cardboard boxes when, when I was a kid. Like, uh, I remember our neighbor got a refrigerator. Yeah. We took the refrigerator. <laughs> we, made a, we made like a, well, we made a spaceship out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it says right here. With nothing more than a little imagination, these boxes can be transformed into hort, fort, uh, <laughs> forts or houses, spaceships or submarines, castles and caves. That's awesome. Inside a big cardboard box, a child is transported to a world of his or her own, where one where anything is possible. Dude, I'm getting my kids cardboard boxes for Christmas. Heck yeah. That's all. Just empty cardboard box. Yeah. You want to hear a funny thing? What? It was about the recycling. Uh, about the garbage. I had a friendly friend who was homeless. And he said they used to fight <laughs> over good cardboard boxes. I bet. Like, people got stabbed. Dude. Yeah. Wow. It's just hard to believe that in 2005, the cardboard box beat out, like, the Xbox. You know, 360 or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it hadn't been around that long. That's true. It's crazy. The box it came in was more, more valuable more than the actual. <laughs> there you go. So more there you go. That was a good. Did you know? That was yeah. Cool. That, was, that was fun. Fun little fact you got there. Yeah. Thanks a couple for, facts in there. Your little did you knows. Yeah. Um. So, 
All right. Uh, what what was your name again? Your rap name? We were gonna call. I don't you. Know. Are we going with that? Yeah. What's your rap name? It's Boo Ham. Hey, Boo Ham. All right. <laughs> Boo Ham. Boo Ham in the audience. What? All right. What week are we on on our baby? So currently we are on. Week yeah. Pull up five. to the pull up oh, to the mic there. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. All right. We're on. So currently we're on week five and congratulations. Well, don't step away from it. Yeah, when you, you just said it was good. <laughs> you were like, like, yeah, that's good, and then you sat back. <laughs> What? It's a mic. You got to speak moment. into it. All right. Don't be scared. It ain't going to bite. There sure. you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. So, week five, you just found out you're pregnant. Oh, no. Boom. What do you do? What do you do? Well, we would encourage that you keep it. Yeah. And that you create a moral standpoint for people to come around you and support you in that. Yes. And give you whatever you need. That's but right. But right now, there's also a whole lot happening in what is going on with your baby. That's right. Already developing. Currently, it's developing its spinal cord, which has just closed on both ends. Okay. So it is developed. The spinal cord is getting ready to function, as well mm. as there being three layers of cells. And in the top layer, that is the layer that will eventually become the full spinal cord. Um. And that's where the brain, backbone, and nerves will develop. The middle layer is where the skeleton and muscles will form from. And then the third layer houses the beginnings of what will become the lungs, the intestines, and the urinary system. All right. So So we must point out that Booham, it's not her pregnancy. No. This is our imaginary pregnancy over the next 40 weeks. We will be giving you updates. Yeah. On where we are as a podcast. Our podcast is pregnant. We're expecting. We're we just expecting. found out. We finally found out we're pregnant. And all of the people that listen, it is your baby too. So you cannot. <laughs> it's your baby. You cannot abandon it. No. So you have to pay. So you, have you, have to pay. To, you have to be here so you, for 40 weeks. You have to be here for 40 weeks. And we expect you to support it financially. So <laughs> what we have is, uh, yeah, we've, we're going to set up a college fund and... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or trade school, you never. Or know. trade school, yeah. Trade school's right. cool, man. Trade school, yeah. yeah. They, they, it could be a welder. Those yeah. they they make a lot of money. I know they do. Yeah. I know. Side note: If you're, well, college degrees are useless pretty much nowadays because you now you have to have a master's. Although that's sort of a lie. I mean, they, they're not. But yeah. it depends what degree you have. Right. All right. But there is absolutely no shame. And going to a trade school for like a year. Right. You come out with no debt. Right. And you're making like welders. They make $50 an hour. Some There's of no them starting off. Learning on the job either. No, That's apprenticeships. Exactly. That is what's being lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. One of the most valuable things my dad said is you are not above scrubbing the, the toilet. toilet at a <laughs> Wendy's. That's right. And, and it's true. If you're making an honest living. Mm-hmm. That's right. I to judge. It's, that's right. Well, thank you for our update there, Booham. Booham. Boo, Lil Booham. Lil Booham. <laughs> Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Lil Booham smokes that stuff. No, but but it's okay. Yeah, because oh, actually, yes. I've been smoking the green, the ganja herb. Smoke the green ganja herb. The Lord put it in the earth. <laughs> the Lord put it in the earth so you can smoke weed. Oh jeez. <laughs> We got to put an asterisk on that. Anyways. Don't smoke weed. Don't smoke There's weed. a lot of studies coming out now. Dude. That it is very dangerous. Yeah. It is not a harmless thing. But that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. But, but you're, don't, you're, don't that's smoke true. weed. We just do it ironically. 
That's right. All right. All right. So uh, <laughs> I mean, we got to work in the, the smokiness, the sticky, sticky greens, though. I want that in every podcast. I know. I know. Well, speaking of the podcast, guess what we're going to talk about today? That's right. We're going to talk about Fox primetime TV shows. The TV show. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to be talking about aliens. So it's awesome that you were talking about cardboard boxes. I'm just going to let this play in the background. Is that cool? Sure. You're we'll going to bring do it regardless bring of what it. I want. <laughs> I'm controlling the board, my man. Uh, so you were talking about cardboard boxes. They make spaceships. They don't actually, you idiot. <laughs> you can't make a spaceship out of a cardboard box. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking about the toys, man. Any four-year-olds uh, listening to this? Uh, that's not a spaceship. Your parents <laughs> lied to you, right? Uh, Your parents lied to you. The cardboard box that they gave you is not well, a the spaceship. Four-year-olds only play with cardboard. And they just play with iPads now and stuff. But that's true. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about aliens, though. Yeah. Aliens, and uh, and I think that's gonna be it's gonna be kind of fun to uh, to talk about this. We've been joking around like. Like, what are some of the things that we want to discuss and, like, podcast episodes and stuff? And this is the, one of those episodes where I kind of keep it in the same vein that we did with Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, Bigfoot was actually a requested show by one of our listeners. They're like, hey, do an episode on Bigfoot through a poll I did on Instagram once. And we did it. And uh, it actually t- turned out to be pretty fun. And we had a good response. People actually enjoyed, you know, wanting, you know, people like to talk about it. Yeah. Aliens are one of those things, though, that, like, um, I, for me personally, I don't know about you personally, but for me personally, it's one of those things where, like, uh, I've always had this sort of uh, interest in them. 1974, I saw the Star Wars movie, the original Star Wars movie at the theater. My sister took me. I was about seven years. Uh, I was, but no, it was 1977. I was, I was like seven, six or seven years old. Anyways, I remember my sister took me and I was blown away by this new movie called star wars and i wanted to become an astronaut a luke skywalker a han solo something that would get me off this planet hmm. that's super morbid <clears throat> kind of depressing when you think about it yeah i know right but i just thought <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't in a nihilistic sense where you're just like i'm done i'm seven years old no I'm done with earth it was more of like <laughs> <laughs> i've seen enough of this mess it's gonna burn <laughs> the things i've seen i need i yearn to be taken away that's right <laughs> yeah exactly so it wasn't like that no it was <laughs> it was more of like there's more out there i want to find my own chewbacca yeah. you know and that kind of stuff but um so i just always had an interest in it yeah and then that same book that we talked about i i found that you know i got this book when i was at a book fair in elementary school and it yeah. had nessie and bigfoot and an alien on it mm-hmm. on the cover you know and and that book when it talked about the aliens um i would read it but i would get sketched out like i wouldn't get sketched out when i read the bigfoot or the nessie or any of the other paranormal stuff that they would talk about i would always get sketched out and freaked out by the actual um the alien one yeah because the picture was this weird green skinned kind of thin oh you weren't talking about all the the aliens coming over the southern border that are bringing (laughs) measles and rape and wow no um no those weren't the aliens i was talking about oh gotcha i was talking about (laughs) extraterrestrial aliens (laughs) (laughs) keep going human beings don't scare me too much 
They should. They too should. much. <laughs> they should. They should. They should. All right, maybe I'm a little scared of humans. Yeah. Um, no, so anyways, so we decided to go ahead and do this episode on aliens. Yeah. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. We're going to talk about the various types of aliens that have been recorded of being seen. We're going to talk a little bit about people and their experiences of abductions. It might even be like a two-parter or something, you know, we'll just see how far we go and we feel like stopping, we'll stop. <laughs> yeah. There's, we're just going to, it's, we're not going to go, I don't know. We're just going to go all over the place and talk about yeah. it. Much like a UFO could go all oh, over the place. All over the place. And it's a very broad <laughs> subject. So it's hard to say where should we start. Yeah. So I think historically, probably that's the best place to start. Historically, like when they, when we, you know, you can find quote unquote evidence of aliens in like artwork from Aztecs and Incas and oh yeah weird the Hindus have a thing yeah if you're gonna go super ancient aliens I wasn't ready for this but yeah like the Hindus have uh in their old I don't know they, they, I think they call them the Gitas uh like I just know the Bhagavad Gita is one of their holy texts but they have I can't remember the term for the flying things but the, yeah they have these um, all throughout history, which, you know, people, um, on ancient aliens that show, they can talk about it and they're like, look, here's this alien face in an old painting. And the Hindus talk about these gods that come down in yeah. mechanical, you know, weird stuff like that and fly around and yeah, they actually have this like blue faced Hindu weird thing yeah the, well we can get into it, what's that Aren't most of their gods blue uh hindu i'm not hindu i couldn't tell you <laughs> um but but uh no it's the the name of it is like the blue hindu race mayan gods they, yeah well go ahead and read about those do you want to read about those? Yeah, okay. read about those all right let's read about them um so this is i'm pulling this from a <laughs> <laughs> a blog spot uh so it could this could be totally bad uh bad, I bad it source. I found it and I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, this is actually this is actually humorous in some ways. Uh so we're talking about the uh Hindu the blue Hindu race Mayan gods. And it says, "Yes, this kind of alien really exists and they were gods on earth before reptilians became <laughs> <laughs> reptilians before reptilians come and take over the planet." Uh, I'm still not sure if their species has a name or we could call them blue people, Hindu gods. Uh, they're a part of the Adramana Council and they fight against evil reptilians. Mm -hmm. We're setting this up great. This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, they have human bodies, five fingers, five toes, tall cheekbones, slightly elongated eyes with brown iris. Generally, Hindu gods have light, light blue skin and their lips and palm and feet have pinkish color. Their hair has dark color dark uh, dark brown and is slightly wavy. One interesting thing is that the Hindu goddesses are not present anywhere in history as having blue skin, but their skin having a pink, pale, or creamy color. Their clothes are truly magnificent. Their clothes are, are like made of belts. Like, let's see how you wrote this. Yeah, I know. Their clothes are like made of belts <laughs> about the arms and upper body, and they wear skirts and ankle belts, and bare feet, and they have ornamented gold jewelry. Hmm. 
their personalities are unique. Their personalities, they, they are able to communicate telepathically. And they're very compassionate and loving uh, of life and of prosperity. Blue Hindu gods have tried to make this world of Earth into paradise. They misspelled paradise on their blog. <laughs> <laughs> they have been here to share what they have. So they are generous and understanding beings. They shine in a clean energy and scattered happiness and kindness only thought only through their presence. So the writer of this blog spot is needs to go to send it to a proofer. Um, so they arrived on Earth before the Draconians in their flying machines in their in the time of Adam and Eve, and they described their home as a beautiful divine kingdom in paradise dishes chosen and they tried to make the earth into a paradise as their world they lived in india in a community right in the town but their area was surrounded by tall a tall wall sometimes the humans would climb up the wall and sit on the wall and look in look at the blue gods they also lived in inca and mayan temples the the dark stone pyramids that they were the dark stone pyramids and they were gods for humans on earth Okay, but then reptilian draconians came and took over the people and started to sacrifice the humans. The Hindu gods tried to fight them, but in the end, they had to go away from Earth, and the draconians were were venerated by the people as gods. Hmm. All right, so according to Blogspot here, (laughs) UFO and extraterrestrials, uh, these Hindu gods uh, came from another planet during the time of Adam and Eve and populated our Earth tried to set up shop and then were driven out of earth by the evil reptilian draconian or the evil dra- yeah they're from the alpha draconia star system so that's yes. why they call them the draconians the draconian yeah reptilian and that's why you always see these crazy conspiracies about reptile reptilian lizard, people. lizard yeah. people yeah it didn't uh do you guys do you, what it wasn't um what's that old that old dead guy singer uh the lizard king Oh, Jim Morrison? Uh, wasn't Jim Morrison? Was that yeah. part of his thing? Yeah. yeah he called himself the Lizard King. Yeah. I had a guy in high school that was literally mentally in- unstable and he- instable. And he would walk around and he'd be like, I'm the Lizard King. And he would like, he would like lick it. I think that has he, more to do with drugs, though. He probably was on drugs. I never sold him any, so I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so these weird Hindu blue-faced people. So this goes way back. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, their legend says Adam and Eve. But, yeah. So let's connect a dot here. Okay. Let's so let's let's let the cat out of the bag, Rosie, as it were. Um, I have an opinion on aliens. Well, let's get that to that at the end. You want to wait till the end to do this? Yeah, where we say what we think aliens are. Uh, so now everybody's gonna have to wait and listen to the end. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. It's well, just, it's your podcast. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm just well, with kidding. The, yeah, okay. Well, I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> to even step back, and we're going to intersperse um, yeah. some of these species, because this website I found <laughs> as the just absolute, it goes through the history of all the different kinds of aliens that have... Historically come, reported. Historically reported, so yeah. that'll be fun. Um, But I, I think we should start off, it's kind of like a deeper question. Yeah. Um maybe a little less fun, but it'll give you, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about these couple of things is should we take UFOs seriously? Are there aliens, you know, this kind of whole thing, just as a, 
a thing that I think will help set us up yeah. later on. Um, so I was going to say, you know, it kind of goes into a bigger question um, with aliens because the Bible doesn't talk about aliens. And so one of the questions that begs the truth, well, uh, maybe it does, but, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, you know, one of the questions that people always say that I've heard this so many times and it's been used against me um that uh you know god the the big bang the universe is so big it's so big it's so expansive right and it's constantly getting bigger um there has to there has to be has to be necessity yeah there has to be something else out there so that's a philosophical statement it can't possibly be scientifically be. proven right well yeah so it i was going to say yeah so i was going to say there is a, a lot of really good information out there. There's this really good book um, that came out. Uh, I can't see the name of it. But basically, it goes through all. Uh, it's the evidence for the fine-tuning of the universe. So basically, there's this idea. So uh, this is maybe some sort of apologetics thing, if you're interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah. What is a, biblical, a good biblical response for this? So the whole idea of the fine-tuning of the universe is basically that um are you looking for books yeah, go ahead. Um, okay go ahead i'm looking <laughs> on my bookshelf for okay, okay um that this uh i think this this scientist came up uh dr hugh ross um it's called the creator in the cosmos and his point was basically that this fine-tuning of the universe that the universe is completely made by all these parameters that he came out with, that he found these just crazy things, like the degree of the axis of the Earth at, you know, such a micro level that if it was just a degree off or a quarter of a half of a thousandth of a degree off, nothing would exist on Earth, right? So it totally is possible that Earth is the only that the way that the universe expanded from a single point in time, yeah, that everything was created just to sustain one planet. That is completely plausible. Um, and this guy, uh, so this is just one of the fine-tuning things, the ratio of electrons to protons, okay? Hmm. So just the whole thing, just the single aspect. It says the max deviation is one, to the tenth of the to the thirty seventh power. So this is just one of the least fine tuned things. So this is just one example of one thing that if it was so if it was just far off a little bit, nothing would exist. And this taking the whole galaxy, yeah, everything into existence that because everything plays into each other. Right. Yeah. It all so it all is connected. Here's here's one of these quotes. One part in 10 to the 37th power is such an incredibly sensitive balance that it is hard to visualize. The following analogy may help. Cover the entire North American continent in dimes, mm. all the way up to the moon, a height of about 239,000 miles. In, <laughs> I love this. In comparison, the money to pay for the U.S. federal government debt would cover one square mile less than two feet deep with dimes. <laughs> love that. Uh, That's fun. When, when was that written, though? Uh, uh, 
a while ago, yeah. <laughs> years ago. So, so it, it might is, be two miles now. Is, we don't even get started. Yeah. Next, pile dimes from here to the moon on a billion other continents the same size as North America. Oh my, a billion? Yes. Paint one dime red and mix it <clears> into <throat> the billions of piles of dimes. Blindfold a friend and ask him to pick out one dime. The odds that he will pick the red dime are one in 10th to the 37th power. So that's how astronomical and improbable. That's crazy. That's the fine tuning of the ratio of electrons to protons. So when you look into the, and there's. there's so it's, are you saying that because of intelligent design? Yes. It doesn't lend itself to say that there's aliens there doesn't it this goes to show and he has 34 examples extraterrestrial life of things uh so look at this strong nuclear force constant if it was any larger again to these astronomical degrees yeah for just for earth so if the strong nuclear force constant was larger no hydrogen would form the atomic nuclei from most life essential elements would be unstable hmm. thus no life chemistry if it was any degree smaller, no elements heavier than hydrogen would form. Again, no life chemistry. And so these things are basically, I'm making the point that the universe could be intelligent, intelligently designed. And everything about, you know, the distance of all these faraway planets blends, you know, yeah. they adjust itself. So... There doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, th it is totally scientifically possible and not to be laughed at if you say, I believe that, you know, God made this planet for us. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's what I was kind of. And now somebody might say, well, what if God made a planet for them? And they just have higher intelligence. They figured out how to move well, through, here, through planets. Here, and... There's some other stuff with this. Yeah. So there's this other thing called the Drake Equation. Drake. Okay. So it was like developed the, like the musician. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't like Canadians, so. Oh. We, we had some Canadian listeners a couple weeks ago. I love those Canadians. Those they're, <laughs> they're woke. They're woke. So it's this equation by this guy named Frank Drake, which he developed back That's in That's a 19... cool name, Frank Drake. Frank Drake. Yeah. Um Frank the back Tank, in 1961. Drake. Uh and th this is basically their equation that they came up with, this guy came up with, and these are what, you know, SETI, which is this, uh, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, I think, that they're yeah. always renting telescopes and doing all, they're searching for aliens. Yeah. So all the scientists are like, what about the Drake equation, blah, blah, blah. So he comes up with this equation that states that N, which is the number of civilizations in our galaxy with which we might hope to be able to communicate with, equals r to f uh, subset p times n subset e <laughs> times f subset l oh my gosh. times f subset subset i times f subset c times l huh. and so it's the number so it's basically to find out the odds the odds that there's another planet uh, yeah is that times that times that that uh, yeah. so yeah the the Each. average rate of star formation in our galaxy the fraction of those stars that have planets the number of the average number of planets that could potentially support life per the star that has planets, uh, the fraction of the above that actually go on to develop life at some point, then the fraction of those that go on to actually develop 
intelligent life, and then the <laughs> fraction of civilizations that develop a technology that releases detectable signs of their existence into space. So as you're going further, yeah, it's getting. What are the odds that you know they're well, going to be less and less likely because of the requirement? Right. And then L is the length of time that such civilizations release detectable signals in the space. And so basically this equation comes up and there's, I think like a billion. The answer Jeez. is still because the galaxy is so astronomically big. Right. So people use this and they're like, well, the Drake equation, well, well it has to, there has to, the math proves it. Oh, um, but the Drake equation is actually painting a picture just like the, the uh, probability odds of the red dime. No, it's completely different. The opposite. This is basically he's making the point that there has to be. Or, uh, yeah, but when I life. when I look at those equations, it's like this to the this to the this to the this to the this. It's like all those things have to line up. They all have to be present. Well, that's what he, the point. That's the exact point. But he's, he's saying making. just because it can be present doesn't mean it will be. Well, that's the whole thing that I was just going to say with this oh, Drake sorry. equation right. is that it's all arbitrary at best, and you're just making it up. <laughs> so there's right. really no. So the whole thing, but this is a big thing, the Drake equation that is spouted yeah. as you come up with this great number, even though all these things constantly make it smaller and you're still left with like a billion planets that meet all these requirements. Okay. Except for the fact that these requirements are all arbitrary. They're all made up. This right. guy just made it up and that's that. Yeah. And uh, one other thing, they use this. I just want to say this and then I'll start, you know, whatever. Uh, which leads to, so you have the Drake equation. Yeah. And it's that leads to the Fermi paradox, <laughs> which is... I love Furbies. Fermi, oh, F-E-R-M-I. Fer oh, Fermi, sorry. It was named after the physicist Enrico Fermi and refers to Enrico. the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence for and the various high probability estimates of the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations out in the Milky Way galaxy. So basically, they looked at this Drake <laughs> equation... And they're like, yeah, there's this, you just said there's a high probability. Why haven't they talked to us then? Yeah. And so that's the thing. If there's such a high probability, why hasn't they? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I've got a whole blog spot here full of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> History yeah. of aliens. But the, the basic, prim uh, I'll just sum this up with a basic answer. Yeah. As to, I mean, not that I'm solving the Fermi paradox or anything like right. this. But yeah. Um, yeah. The closest one is too far away, and because the galaxy keeps expanding, that we're probably never going to... No. So, if they're physical beings. If they're, yeah, extraterrestrial physical extraterrestrial. beings. Extraterrestrial. So, yeah. there's some interesting stuff that I thought people would be interested about. So, you want to hear about another one on our blog spot Please. thing? All right. Yeah. That was cool information. I like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that always gets brought up. Yo, that that uh, kind of stuff. I wish I had an audio clip of Drake. We could have thrown that in while you were reading it. But I'm very happy you didn't. <laughs> so, these are the Ebens. <laughs> Eben Steben. No, they're the E-B-E-N-S. E-B-E's. They're called E-B-E's. And it's Ebens are extraterrestrial biological entity. Uh, they're non-gray aliens from the Zeta... Reticuli, Reticuli, R-E-T-I-C-U-L-I, Reticuli. Sounds like a pasta. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, from Italy. No. Yeah. Um, they are different from other greys in the Zeta Reticuli. Uh, Reticuli. Uh, they, are, they are so cute, friendly, and funny, and their skin isn't gray, but a kind of Caucasian color. Wow, that's racist. That is racist. Pale blue. 
and okay. maybe other colors, <laughs> but definitely not gray. <laughs> this the person who wrote this I know, blog I is. I uh, in fact I found that Selpo was a host planet for many other species and for species created by Ebens, uh, and they and they can all be called Ebens because they consider themselves <laughs> interstellar brothers. What up, my interstellar brother from another stellar? Yeah. Uh, I'll talk more about the southern Ebens because I have two friends out there. More information about Ebens and their other and their planet Serbo. Uh, correct, it's Selpo in English. Selpo, I've been pronouncing it wrong. The sh- they're short. Uh, they, uh, I don't know what all this is. Okay, let's go to the description in the children. Yeah, this is a good stuff. Uh, Ebens are aliens from Zeta Reticuli and uh, system, and they live on Serpo. Uh, uh, yeah, I should have read, I was trying to read through this a little bit when you were reading, but uh, let's see. Uh, Ebens. Well, this is interesting. Yes. It's, it says it's actually Selpo because Ebens can't pronounce the letter L, and they say R. Oh. So Selpo becomes Serpo to them. Serpo. Yeah. E.T. phone home. And uh, anyways, so it says uh, it says that they uh, created a few alien species. Some of them have become dangerous in time. A few of the species that were in contact with the Ebens uh, are helipoids and trantaloids, quadloids and hepaloids. Uh, I don't know what any of those are. And it was said that Selpo isn't their home planet, uh, and they went off of their planet because it was too much, like too, with too much volcanic activity. But a woman, a woman even told me that she didn't, she didn't know about this, even if she was born in on Selpo. She has known that Selpo is their original home planet. All right, so uh, they have, they have skin color that's Caucasian, racist, and. Uh, and it says they have four fingers and four toes, a small mouth and nose. Their eyes are large and they're covered with black lenses for protection. Under eye lenses, they have large blue or green iris. I think so. And, <laughs> and the pupils are oval. I just want to know what they were smoking before they wrote this. Probably somebody just got some of that sticky, sticky green stuff. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just going to open my blog spot and see what comes out. Uh, but uh, it says they wear a complete blue costume. Women wear blue scarf around their neck. Wait, he, you missed. They have genitals. They do have genitals. The I was, tr- astro- I was the trying to keep. The said that they are similar to the human's genitals. <laughs> We're so juvenile, dude. We're laughing. At well, the next section is all about their sexuality. So. I know, I know. I was going to get to that in okay. a second. Oh. <laughs> oh, in my opinion, Southern Eben's children are so cute, friendly, and curious. Maybe too curious. They look exactly like uh, they look exactly like their parents, but the children are a little shorter than their parents. <laughs> Adult Eben's are com- uh, are computed and caring, and sometimes reserved. While their children are still free and open to do anything without fear. They don't realize the possible danger and they think everyone is nice like them. That's why Eben children must be kept under control because it doesn't matter how many times you tell tell them not to do a thing. It's as if the words are on in one ear and out the other. I know this is from I know this from my own experience. <laughs> right. Okay, let's talk about their sexuality. <laughs> 
right? Uh, generally, Ebens are very funny, friendly, and cute and smart. They have very good sense of humor and will always make jokes. They're very calm and caring towards other people and other races. They love hugs. <laughs> Being, being their form of greeting they also are, they're also curious and very organized they hate the violence that and they hate viol- the violence and pre- and prefers to be peaceful and respected and respect the necessary rules imposed i apologize for my reading to on this podcast i apologize up ahead the grammar is very bad it, it is hard to read this um they are not shy Oh, wait, I missed a line. Uh, they hate violence and prefer peaceful and respectful necessary rules imposed. Ebens get uh, really easily embarrassed if they don't know something and they can't understand the technology of other races. They are not, they are not shy and, and eager to enter into conversation with other beings. They put, many quest- they, they put many questions if they do not know or do not understand something. These, 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 <laughs> these, these features... Are very typical for S- South Ebens, those <laughs> with Caucasian skin, but on Selpo. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a different Ebens species. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You need to read. Hold on. Okay. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't even know why I'm laughing. It's just making me laugh. <sighs> Okay, I'll read. But on Selpa, there are many different even species, and even's creations like archcoloids and the archcoloids, even if they can use telepathy, they can get angry and dangerous in unknown places. Um, uh-uh. All right. Different species have different behaviors and personalities. As you have already noticed, I can talk more and better about the South Evens since I was a friend with an even male and. Then I read on the internet about the astronauts who, during their stay in the south of the planet Selpo, studied their culture and principles. For this reason, I can say things about the sexuality of the South Caucasian Evens. For this reason, I can say a few simple things about sexuality and moral values. Uh, The Southern Even Society is working on an anti-natalist policy. Ooh. What does that mean? No kids? No kids. Because Selpo has become, has quite hostile conditions and they must maintain a balance in resource consumption. Okay. Um, Every family is allowed to have at most two babies. Uh, The children without parents are given to other families. So there are families with two or three or four children. Some Ebens are bachelors. (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, You want me to pick up? Okay. (laughs) I don't know if you... Can you, can you do it without laughing? You want me to? I could try. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. When it comes to sexuality, <laughs> I think they have no problem. <laughs> we didn't read. He didn't. He didn't read these beforehand. So this is genuine. Okay. Um, I'll be the adult here. When it comes to sexuality, I think they have no problem talking about the genitals. They are not not even embarrassed to show their reproductive system. But when it comes to sexual intercourse with anyone, they become quite discreet and cautious. With anyone? (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? 
Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm totally ruining this. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. All right. Uh, I'll keep reading. Yeah, please. Because please. of their anti-natalist policy, they avoid too often sexual contact texts, even if those do not involve procreation. Okay. It's like a primal instinct automatically. Children of Ebens do not feel this constraint nor any danger, and they have no problem in, quote, trying new experiences. Wait, what? That's what it says. Um, They're not friendly. I wish I could talk at least about the genital organs of even males <laughs> and females, but unfortunately, I never thought of asking my female even friend about their female genitals, and now I cannot do that anymore. Do we know if this is a guy's blog spot? I have or... no idea. <clears throat> Instead, I remembered asking my friend Eben <laughs> about their male genitals. Okay, let's just go on. Yeah. It, it gets worse. Uh, um, they have a religion. Go ahead. I, I, kill it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. From, <laughs> from, what I read, from what I read, it seems Ebens have a simple religion belief. However, their practice is very complex. It seems that they have one God in which they, all, they, call, in, they, they, which they call an entity and they have religious symbols that reflect other religious entities, which they call sub-entities, like our saints. The Ebens believe, belief in life after death is similar to the Roman Catholic Church and, and to some Eastern religion doctrines. Once an, <laughs> once an Eben dies, their soul, bioplasmic body, is taken from the body by these sub-entities, saints, aka saints, and cleansed of all of their sins. The soul is then taken to the midpoint between heaven and that midpoint, and once the soul is ready, it is taken to the supreme plateau, a.k.a. heaven, where it remains for an eternity. Their beliefs become much more complex at this point. Some souls, called the arranged, that is their word, <laughs> uh, are prepared for, for entry back into the living society, i.e. this plane of existence. So they believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. The Ebens believe that if they perform some specific act referred to, referred to as karma on earth, there we go, um, <clears throat> during their regular life, they then can come back to the living life of, in another body. The Ebens believe in reincarnation and the eternity of the soul, and they, they don't believe that animals or their, or their sworn enemies of other space-traveling races have souls well those weaklings animals come on i just want to go ahead and say this yes the comments <laughs> this is from mike okay are there any ebens looking to be friends with me hit me up <laughs> mike <laughs> mike uh, oh then there's another the anonymous he says you are mixing grays with evens, with a V. Yeah. He goes, the first drawing is the most accurate. There's some pictures on the box. So I says, followed by the drawing of the of the even wearing a yellow outfit. They do not have goggles. <laughs> they do not have the goggle style black eyes of the grays. It's like people get so into this. Yeah. Oh, man. So what I find interesting, number one, is that they procreate. Number two, that they have outfits. Number three, that they have a religion. And number four, that all of those things are borrowed from human culture. Okay. Right? Yeah. So even the even the way that their religion works. Oh, I'm going to be greeted by a saint. I'm going to be taken up into heaven. I'll be cleansed from my sins. And mm -hmm. I, if I, I might even be destined to come back. And 
all that stuff you yeah. know so well since you brought up religion um gosh i'm so glad i got that laugh out that felt great good yeah it was good um so i'm gonna read some stuff because i was reading this book about ufos and religion yeah written by this uh catholic biblical historian cool and uh there's actually quite a bit of you know since they borrowed from catholicism maybe we can move into you know some more stuff yeah there is a uh so there's this saint Teresa of avia a 16th century catholic nun uh and she was an extraordinary woman she investigated such significant change for the catholic church of her time both theologically and socially that the modern church bestowed upon her one of its highest honors pope pius VI made her an official doctor of the church a title previously being held almost exclusively by men in the beginning uh she's saying uh in the beginning of my shift away from researching catholic history and toward modern day ufo events i revisited teresa's own testimony about one of her famous anomalous uh, uh events her status as a mystic which is kind of weird to have this mystic given this really high honor yeah began with the most unusual occurrence which even she had a hard time understanding. Uh, it is commonly commonly referred to as the ecstasy of Teresa, or the transverb transverberation of Saint Teresa, which means to be pierced through. Mm. So this is from her diary wow. when she's experiencing. I'll read this. Beside me on the left hand appeared an angel in bodily form, such as I am not in the habit of seeing, except very rarely. <laughs> yeah. Very rarely. Yeah. <clears throat> Though I often have visions of angels, I do not see them. They come to me only after the manner of the first type of vision that I described. But it was our Lord's will that I should see this angel in the following way. He was not tall but short and very beautiful, and his face was so aflame that he appeared to be one of the highest rank of angels, who seemed to be all on fire. In his hands I saw the great golden spear, and at the iron tip there appeared to be a point of fire. This he plunged into my heart several times so that it penetrated to my entrails. That escalated quickly. Yeah, and when he pulled out, I felt that he had took them with it, and it left me utterly consumed by the great love of God. Wow. The pain was so severe that it made me utter several moans. The sweetness caused by the intense pain is so extreme that one cannot possibly wish it to cease, nor is one soul then content with anything but God. This is not a physical but a spiritual pain, that the body has some share in it. So basically, this angel appears to her, stabs her, and wow. then she goes into religious ecstasy. Wow. And the angel is an alien? Is that what we're getting to? I don't know. But it, oh. it basically... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was just basically saying that there's these weird anomalous encounters all throughout. Yeah. Like, even in some stuff, you know, that... What does that sound like? That's, that's kind of weird. It sounds evil to me, personally. Yeah. I, I mean, a uh, flaming spear. I mean, some of it sounds religious. Uh, when you look into different aspects of scripture with descriptions of angels and stuff, like, yeah. there's some parallels that you can connect. Well, but... I guess I'll keep reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't know how to interpret this being. Is it an angel? It, you know, is it an angel? And why is it different from the angel she has seen in the past? To think through this event and make sense of it, she turns to the book of her time, Catholic Angelology, Angelology, which is known by her confessors, uh, the men to whom she in, in confided. 
So it's basically the, the point I was getting at is people see these things and to some, uh, you know, it's a, they get a profound spiritual experience. Yeah. You know, but it, was, it is weird that she was confused because she says it's not like an angel that she's ever seen before. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was really fascinating because looking at it as a UFO, it's, or some sort of alien thing. Extraterrestrial. It's very odd. Yeah. <clears throat> that's funny. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, um, on this website, the blogs, <laughs> there's, no, it's funny because you're, you're, there's one actually on here, and I want to read some of the things from it. It's a different one. It's called the Archons, okay. and they're called the Dark Lords. Okay. And this kind of leads us into where we're going to go. Uh, it says, many, many people are familiar, are familiar with the Zeta Greys and the Draconian Repti Reptilians. And Duh. The, and, <laughs> and even the Praying Mantis Aliens. But few know about the agenda organization in which these aliens all work is headed by creatures who wish to be called dark lords. Mm. So this is like the like kind of their uh, their overlords or whatever. Dark lords. This is are, the alien Illuminati. <clears throat> alien Illuminati. Yeah, no, for real, dude. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. It says dark lords are extraterrestrial species, so they're not from here, uh, who say they are from the place called Alpha Theta. Dark lords revel in their own satanic darkness. Now, isn't it interesting that they would put that label on there? They call it satanic darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the level of their consciousness, and and as they reject the way of the light beings, they also crave the light and love that they ingest from their love that and the the light and love that they ingest from their victims. So, as they take victims, they take their light and love mm -hmm. from them. Uh, they want to be dark beings, yet they do not want to live without the light but instead of working on building up their own light in themselves through consciousness and compassion they steal that light from other victims dark lords are tremendously dangerous in ways that humans cannot even imagine an average person is not qualified to have have dealings with these beings safely it seems that they are the demons and devils that major religions and churches have been have battled against for centuries Dark lords are impressively smart and intelligent creatures, and they are highly knowledgeable and can be quite charming gentlemen to converse with, hmm. but that makes them the most dangerous. What makes them the most dangerous is that they have no concept of what, of what pain means. <laughs> they can also throw a person. <laughs> Just random sentence. Oh, yeah, they can throw people. Uh, <laughs> these beings can possess persons, <clears throat> and they are the ones who give... Who gave Satanism and Nazi movement to humanity? Mm. They are behind many murders and crimes and pedophilia. There you go. And they rule the agenda in which the Zetas and the Reptilians work. Dark lords are the most unpleasant thing anyone could run into. Um, it talks about their anatomy a little bit, and I love the pictures that they have because they equate it to, well, number one, they're shapeshifters. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they, but they have sort of a reptilian form, but they have a picture of the of the old like '80s movie Gremlins, mm -hmm. and when the gremlin turns bad and it looks like this weird creature with big teeth, and it has like a picture of the face with the ears X'd out, like there's X's over the ears, like this is what it looks like, but without the ears, <laughs> like, you know? yeah. Uh, but it says they have like a gremlin form. Uh, it's by this is by this is their. This is their by far most common form when they are visiting my home. <laughs> so I guess they... They come to this person. 
Each Dark Lord has its own unique appearance, and some are larger and some are smaller, and some are thicker and others thinner. Some choose, or maybe they choose, or some choose, or maybe they choose ram horns or hooved feet to be displayed on their body. In the gremlin form, they look perfectly similar to the black gremlins in the 1980s movie by the same name, except that they have no ears. <laughs> black bodies with, uh, oh crud, with bumps along their spinal ridge, yeah. a tail, two eyes. Thank you. They're completely white except for a pale gray dot yeah. for a pupil. So, uh, I did notice this. It says, when a dark lord is near, you'll sense their smell, and they smell like a combination of sewer, rancid socks, <laughs> and pestilence, and a dead rat. Wait, wait. Just, and a dead rat. That's... Yeah. I want to I wanna go back to, <laughs> that it was interesting. You skipped over this. There's yes. a couple, di- they're shapeshifters, so they take a different, a couple different appearances. So you said the reptoid, the gremlin one. <laughs> You skipped over the shadow figure form. Yes. So on rare occasion, they seem formless, but for a black, a large black humanoid outline with diffuse boundaries. It is usually trouble when one of these is seen. They can literally toss a person across the air or move objects physically. We are talking behind mental telepathic content. Contact. Uh, Contact. (laughs) And then this is the best part. There's two unconfirmed forms that they can take on one is a crocodile form on many so this is it, it says no photo <laughs> there's no photo available for this one and it's not confirmed but on many occasions it was suspected that the crocodile men to be just another form of the dark lord uh, but it, it but that's it's like uncertain his, that's like a historic like amazonian legend thing right yeah the and the other one is a black reptilian form oh and you can see her uh, pictures there are not very good. But uh, one of the central characters in my story. Okay, whatever. Skip yeah. that. Whatever. You you know, they're black. Yeah. <clears throat> Wizards. So uh, they have a god and a religion. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but I do want to talk about their agenda for world dominance and more. So you're talking about the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Uh, the agenda is what I and many others have come to call the organization of the Dark Lords. The symbol of the agenda is the Yellow Pyramid, hmm. which symbolizes a hierarchical power structure implying that all races and individuals have an extent of importance and corresponding status with respect to others. To reach high up on the pyramid, one would have to accept the Dark Lords as prominent rulers, take part in satanic rituals, and regard the eye of eye as God. So, um, and they have a picture of like the dollar bill with the, the, the all seeing eye. Yeah. eye on the top of the pyramid that doesn't have a capstone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, uh, <clears throat> he does give us, whoever it is that wrote this, give us some tips on how to stay safe from them. We, we should probably share that with our listeners in case yeah. they come into contact with a dark Lord. Do not pursue contact with them. Do not even think about them too much. Don't do it. They can literally throw you (laughs) if you smell a dead rat you know you're near a dark you need to you need to buckle yourself down to the floor make sure they don't throw you that's right i just think that the only reason i thought that was so funny is because we're talking about aliens right yes these are and these are the worst aliens these are in charge of everything everyone's scared of them yes and it's like dude they can pick you up (laughs) like that's the worst you can do (laughs) or it's like you know, don't worry about them getting into your brain and that's right. You know, killing you. They can pick you up. <laughs> he might be. He like, might toss you against a wall. Like, 
four feet away. You better yeah. watch out. This is like a like a gorilla. Like he has the strength of like a a, a gorilla. Like he, he has all the strength of Harambe. Yeah, Harambe. Harambe. That's right. Uh, sorry, it that's does, why. That's why I would just want to explain that. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. I I he he says stay away from tarot cards, Ouija boards, Satanism vampirism and other dark arts I, I would say that's probably a good idea yeah stay true to love and light mm-hmm. i come in love namaste i come in peace affirm your loving nature appreciate the goodness in yourself and in others mm-hmm. here's the best christian religion is the pow- is powerful against them <sighs> okay avoid and ignore them to its fullest extent you should even pretend that these beings do not even exist now let me ask you a question if this is the dark lord Aliens over like ru- ruling over our world. How are you gonna? Not ig- even ig- our world, the galaxy. The galaxy. How are you gonna ignore that they exist? I, you're not here. You're not here. I'm not seeing you. I'm not being thrown against ugh, a wall. <laughs> you know. All right. It says you can always keep a Christian Bible in your room. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, Alpha Thetons don't like Bibles and they stay away. I'm just going to go out and say this. I think this is a legitimate demon. It's not an alien, you loser. This is not an extraterrestrial. This is an intraterrestrial. It's not a it's not so another planet. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so let's wait finish up the rest of the things how to stay safe from. Oh, stay safe. Okay. Um <clears throat> there is some danger in dealing with zetas and reptilians. Uh, uh, and who abduct people since they are working for the Dark Lord agency and have these Dark Lord bosses around them somewhere. Uh, you can always keep a Christian Bible in your room. Believe it or not, they don't like... Okay, so that... Uh, a few cloves of garlic under your bed. Keep them from hiding under your <laughs> under your bed and giving you nightmares. And yes, Dark Lords like to hide under beds to mind control the sleeping person into having nightmares or sit on your belly when you sleep. When you sleep. That's what I wanted to make. I have a tummy ache, So Dark Lords from the uh, the Zetas. Susie, it's the Dark Lords again. Where's the (laughs) garlic? Did you forget your garlic again? That's what you see in your your sleep paralysis. It's just the Dark Lords sitting on your chest. Oh, man. That would would be scary. Yeah. So. That's that's where I was going with it. That's why I wanted to talk about the (laughs) the Dark Lord, uh, the, the shapeless form. Yes. So, go ahead. That's yeah. what you're going to say. So, I, so my, my thoughts on aliens is this, is that it, just like Bigfoot, like I wish Bigfoot existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he does. Um, uh, you know, I want him to because I would love to see one, real life bones yeah. or something. But um, I just don't think that aliens from extraterrestrial format from other planets exist. Right. I don't think, <clears throat> and, and this is something that we can talk about on another podcast, but I, I think that the we are being conditioned like and this is i'm really being honest when i say this yeah, yeah. i think that our our culture and our public are really being conditioned to believe in the existence of extraterrestrials at some level so that there can be a great deception that can be put over people so that they will reject the existence of god and jesus and the truth and it's all kind of this you know, we talk about overlord plan and all this stuff. I think it is part of this master plan to bring people into deception and hold them away from truth and reality. Yeah. And what's funny is we're in a place now in culture where if I say something like that publicly, people would mock that. They'd be like, ah, what are you, what are you? you know, you're, you're just a closed-minded, you know, whatever. 
and the reality is is that there's more truth to what I just said than believing in some alien. I mean, you gave the odds there with the Drake equation and and the other the other guy, the Hugh Ross guy. And when you put all that together and then you say something like what I said, I think it, what I what I believe and what I've come to believe is way more probable than mm. than something from another planet. So if it's not from another planet, then what is it? And that's the question that's the million dollar question. Yeah. I think time travelers. Time travelers, that's right. Um I think they're they're demonic. Mm-hmm. They're evil in in they're spiritual in source. So there's some kind of connection to the fallen angels from Genesis six and uh the disembodied souls of Nephilim, which are demonic or demons, which we've come to talk about here a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that they are all connected in working in this, you know, deceptive thing. And I think that when people see aliens, they see spacecraft, they're abducted. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incredibly spiritual experience. And uh, Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting. I, I found some, now that we're going to get back to being serious and everything like yeah, that, yeah. some really interesting <laughs> things. First, uh, The Economist did this stuff, trying to debunk it. Um, but they said most of the time, they, the, the sightings of UFOs, or during drinking hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they're, but they're mostly seen in places that are not highly religious. Hmm. So this is a very interesting thing. So the number of UFO sightings goes up. Basically, it, it also went up as the rise of atheism started going. So that's kind of why I, I read that thing about the cat, the, uh, not Saint Fatima, although that's a really interesting thing to look into. Yeah, Saint Fatima, but we don't have time for that. But the ecstasy of Saint Teresa, and the thing about the confusion at the end, where she talked about uh, the author of this book that I, I quoted from, she said basically, um, the, and this is a, an interesting phenomenon um, that people, when they experience, you know, Christians, typically, at least back in the old, you know, back in the the old days they they would see something anomalous you know and they would try to figure out what it is based in their own framework Mm -hmm. of like so she went to the book of this angel angelology Mm -hmm. and said hey i think this is an angel because it what else is there you know it's all under this framework of spirituality you know like based on what they have so a very interesting thing is that in the bible belt in the Midwest, there's very, very little UFO sightings. It's more mostly in like the Northeast, the Northwest, you know, like in these places that religion is not very high. Yeah. And so there, there actually is a correlation with uh, this, this guy I saw. He did a, the number of the UFO sightings um, based on states. And he correlated that with uh, a Gallup poll on how religious each of those states are. So as the lack of religion for that state goes, uh, increases, the the lack of religion increases, yeah. the number of UFO sightings actually increases as well. Interesting. Yeah. So I was going to say, uh, along <laughs> with what, you know, I also believe that uh, in your thing, uh, the, the same vein that you're talking about, that I think a lot of these are demonic attacks. Yeah. And uh, a big thing about, you know, like the sleep paralysis um, is a common thing that happens in extraterrestrial 
encounters people always talk about you know feeling this out-of-body thing or um, which is just a natural occurring phenomenon they don't really you know the basic gist of sleep paralysis is your brain wakes up and your body doesn't yeah um, yeah and then you usually go into this really weird like fight or flight thing because you're like oh i can't move i can't move oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and there's this thing called the old hag syndrome which is this very old that goes along with that you usually see this image of an old hag an old witch yes that comes with it with this common with sleep with paralysis sleep paralysis yeah and so or these shadow people is another very common thing that people you know thing and if you think about it if you're in a bed you're in your bed laying down what do most ufo encounters when they're taken up on the spacecraft they're they're strapped on a bed and you have all these big beings looking down at them. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to being in your own bed and yeah. seeing these shadow people around you and stuff like that. So there's a lot of correlation in, yeah. um, with that. Well, the kicker for me is when they've had proof of people that have, yep. in the middle of abductions, they cry out to Jesus. And immediately when they when they evoke the name of Jesus, they're back where they were. And Imme yeah. gone, like it's done and gone, like boom. So... Is it possible that aliens are from interdimensional? They're interdimensional. When I say interdimensional, I mean they're actually around us. There's, and we believe there's different dimensions. If you're a Christian, you believe there's different dimensions because we have the angelic, the spiritual realm, the heat, the, the the our current realm, and there's all kinds of studies on spectrums of mm -hmm. like what our eyes can actually see and what our senses can hear and all these other different like cats things. can pick up different dogs can see stuff that we might not yeah. be able to. Yeah. Like, um, like they even like animals have really interesting, um, abilities that humans don't have, yeah. um, even perceptive wise with like weather and they can tell, like, I, I remember my dog, we had an earthquake here on the East coast years ago, a couple, like four or five years ago. And my dog for like two days was all sketched. Mm -hmm. He just kept, wouldn't get comfortable, wouldn't sit, was always nervous, and uh, we couldn't figure out what was going on. Then we had this earthquake. It was like 6.4 on or 6.7 on the Richter scale, and nothing was damaged, praise God. But um, after the earthquake happened, my dog was fine. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, animals, they always say, but like weird, um, like with tsunamis and stuff like that, you'll see all the birds flying away and all the fish flying, swimming, swimming away. away from everything. So they can yeah. definitely tell. So, yeah. I mean, even the the way that dog's eyes or cat's eyes are designed shaped. or any yeah. shaped with like the, the cones and rods, they can see colors that we can't see. They can see less color, you know, based on the animal. How cool is that? So they can see different spectrums of light mm -hmm. that maybe these things... That's where they exist in a realm that we can't perceive. Right, so... You know, maybe so. That's what we mean by it, the different terms of extraterrestrial, yeah. which we were making fun of, kind of the stuff, right? That they're in the same physical realm, so they would, you know, we're just not aware of them, right? So it, it's like Elon Musk. You know, we fly there, they fly here, and they're physically in the same thing. So that's what right. we mean by extraterrestrial, which I think yeah. we both say no, no, right? But interdimensional. You yes. know, and that's what I was alluding to with time travel is that's one possibility that I've heard that I don't know. I mean, is it possible that beings uh, that humans from the future can go back in space and give us stuff? You know, so that's an interesting thing to think about. But yeah. um, that's I, a whole different hypothesis to yeah, unpack. Um, time travel is and I've thought about it a lot with entire conversation. I can't figure it out. Like, it's just it, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. But I, I was going to say, but I think we. Yeah. So. 
going back, I but definitely think they're demonic. And just the fact, I was going to say, if it's a being in another planet, why would they know about Jesus? You know, like why right. would you, or why would that have an effect on them? You know, right? Exactly. Um, a guy that lived two thousand years ago that was another human, supposedly, mm-hmm. right? But he has, I guess, there is power in his name. And uh, so, but what I was going to say is, like, why? Why then are they doing these things? Why would they want to deceive and all of that? And so I have one theory on this. Okay. And it ties in with, we did this, we did that whole in last, we did that in time series mm-hmm. on our podcast. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. But one of the things that I have a theory of is I think that they've been, that there's been this belief that they've been pushing for, that there is going to be an alien uh, like appearance that's going to happen, whether it's a big craft or something like that. And I think it's going to tie in with the rapture. Hmm. I think, oh, yeah. you know, I, I see where you're going with that. I think when the rapture happens and billion people are off the planet or more, uh, you know, according to the numbers that we know, uh, it's going to leave a huge vacuum. And then if this alien race comes down and they offer peace and help and they want to help rule, they can establish a one world government or it can just be blamed on them. Literally, it can be blamed on these terrestrial creatures, right? Yeah, taking God out of it. Taking God completely out of it. So that it wasn't the rapture, it was aliens abducted them and took them. They needed them or mm. whatever, or they're the bad ones. And they took all of our bad ones and we're right. left good, you know, and then the Antichrist can rise up and blah, 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 so blah. Then, yeah. So then that would be, so during that time, if they say, no, those were the bad ones, you know, Christianity was the false one. They were the ones, you know, these <laughs> theocratic fascists that are you right. know, ruling our countries and trying to, you know, do all this bad, immoral stuff, like stopping people from killing babies. Yeah. Um, you know, they can say, you know, so when the antichrist appears he can you know have his pe- his demons come down as aliens and yeah. help him and who rule. knows they might disappear they serve their purpose they might disappear and the antichrist just establish himself and the, or the space force might drive him away and <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh but you know like i i think that there's a a deeper i think the deeper is uh, the deeper lesson in it and, and reason for it is is that it's a deceptive thing hmm. it just holds people in deception if I can, it's it's like if I can distract you and to look over here at this, you know, this alien thing that we can't really see and control and can't pin down, you're not going to look over here at the truth, that there's a God who made everything, that rules over everything, and that's calling you into a relationship with them. You know, like, you're not going to, you're going to be distracted by looking over there. And, and, I mean, think about all the movies that have been made. I mean, we even had a movie called Aliens. It was, and they're great movies. They're so yeah. much fun to watch. And, you know. I was going to say, uh, I have this verse written down that's, there you go, nothing new under the sun. You know, got the, it was inspired before then. First Corinthians 2.14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of mm-hmm. God, but considers them foolishness yeah. and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, there you go. Yeah. You had another verse in John that was really cool. First John. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, this was c- kind of going back with the UFOs or anything, really, but, you know, the encounters, talking about Jesus. First uh, John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's right. So, you know. If you have a UFO encounter or some sort of spiritual thing that you're not sure of, yeah. test it. Yeah. 
like you know these things do exist there are spiritual realms yeah and things that we can't see that can impact us um yeah so and if the if the dark if 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 satanic realm is around us right now we just can't perceive it well if the good realm i mean you know people say are so easy to say oh i've guardian angels or you know it's i don't don't understand why this is something i don't understand why people are so like yeah i can believe in angels that you know they they fell from you know satan isn't this thing and you know they believe in these physical creatures the, the angels you know it's not metaphorical yeah but they're like yeah but you know, there can't be these bad ones. You know, if there's these oh, right. good, there can't be these bad things. Well, the bad come from the good. That's right. the thing. They they fell from, they're part of the original Elohim that were in the good, Yeah, a third of them. Yeah, but right? I, I was just going to say, I've, it, it seems like people are just so easily, they're like, yeah, there's good stuff, but they don't want to believe that there's bad stuff. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I put ghosts and aliens and Bigfoot all in the same place. I don't know. We haven't talked about ghosts. I don't know. If <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I yeah. Guess here we go. We did do a ghost podcast, did we? Yeah, we did one we back did in Halloween. October. What's that? Oh. For Halloween. Yeah, for Halloween. Oh, we, ghosts and uh, we did ghosts and uh, demons or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we talked about pumpkins. Anyways, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, now we're done self promoting. We've talked about two different podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, aliens, uh, it's more than likely, uh, if you're sticking to a biblical worldview, it's more than likely a spiritual creature that comes from a different dimension that uh, is imperceivable in our physical realm, but truly real and existing, but not from another planet. Uh, that can manifest itself into our yes dimension. And, and look like... You Whatever know, it wants. Yeah, what, well, I'm sure that maybe these particular demons look like what they are appearing to be. That's, the why, gr- they're, that's why they're common descriptions all around the evans yeah the evans <laughs> <laughs> and the dark lords ask him to see the genitals. the genitals that's that's the thing the bible doesn't talk about the angels genitals but this well the bible does, does actually re- reference that angels don't procreate that, in well, the bible it talks about they will not there's no need for children they won't have children right? yeah so they're so that's what you gotta you gotta test every spirit <laughs> you gotta test them, drop shit. them drawers <laughs> let me make sure it's an angel <laughs> <laughs> hey look you're really cool even uh, i mean uh, yeah i need to make sure <laughs> I, I, one last thing i need you to do me a favor no hobo <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right with that no we probably need to wrap this thing up <laughs> we're gonna go downhill even more uh hey thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast we love you guys we um, hope you had fun we do this was fun hey do us a favor if you don't mind uh subscribe and share that helps us out we love if you enjoyed it and you want your friends to enjoy it pass it on tell your friends about us we are not shy we want to be known by more and more people so we just ask you to do that for us and as always thanks for listening reach out to us tell us topics if you guys want to hear it yeah because well we're on we're at ao so our twitter handle is aow cast yeah at at aow cast our our when you hear it in a minute, it's going to be wrong. Yeah. But uh, we also are on Instagram, and we also have a um, – what's that thing we set up for people to talk to center or what, what's it called? 
that oh discord discord yeah we have a discord channel but and, you, no, i was gonna say reach out to us and something and give us if you want to yeah, do something just look for us on social media talk to us talk to us. i don't have any friends so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we actually man our social media so talk to us you're getting us so anyways hey thanks for listening we will catch you next time on all out war bye Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Beep, beep.